In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Jones with a high drive to left field. Gardner back, and that one is gone! Maria, a swing and a drive! The deep right! Away back! Off the pole! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. It is the walk-off. I'm holding alongside Ryan Spader at the Ace of Spader on Twitter, at Holden Radio for me. And uh, in our last episode, we talked about the Hall of Fame ballot. You've got a whole bunch of players sending them in. I actually wanted to talk about some of the players that you got that actually uh, had their names on the ballots too, so we can get to them. But you promised me all I had to do was pick from three players, one, and you would make the Hall of Fame case for them are you ready to do that and hello sir how are you i am doing wonderfully uh yeah i will give you three names now of course we will cover all of these guys at some point but i want to mm-hmm. let give you the opportunity to put me on the spot here with uh, one of these three and they're all three that i would vote for um and they're all three of them would be labeled as the quote-unquote fringe candidates are you ready yes sir we have bobby abreu Andrew Jones or Scott Rowland? Hmm. Well, we talked to Andrew Jones, and we're going to get to him another time. Of course, you had to include two Phillies of your youth. Um, Abreu doesn't interest me that much, although I know his numbers are ridiculous. Give me the Scott Rowland case. Okay. Uh, I will give you the uh, by the numbers. So I actually have to pull this up because it, just so people listening know it wasn't bullshit. I legitimately gave Holden those right off the spot. So I had to pull them right up now. Um, you had more than three that you were thinking about voting for? No, no, no. There was a, those were the three names I was going to give oh. you, but I, I didn't have it prepared in oh, front of me fine. because I legitimately gave it to you on the spot. Yeah, because uh, we got Scott Rowland. One of the greatest defensive performers of all time, according to uh, Ryan Spader. All right. So the first thing that I would note is that BBWAA has a long history of, a failed history, I would say, of um, not inducting third baseman. Ron Santos, a prime example, somebody who should not have waited to be inducted to the Hall of Fame, had to wait, in fact, until after his unfortunate demise was inducted the year after he passed away. Um, Scott Rowland has a very similar career to that of Santo, although he had more pop and was probably a better fielder. BBWAA has inducted just seven third basemen ever since 1939. So that's one uh, per every 12 years. So I'm to understand that once every 12 uh, 12 years, we see a Hall of Fame third baseman. 
whereas they've inducted nearly twice as many shortstops. One example that I will uh, compare Scott Rowland to a shortstop who is in the Hall of Fame is Barry Larkin. Their numbers are very similar uh, in terms of games. Larkin had about one season more with 2,180 games to 2,038. Larkin has Rowland in... um, Batting average by 14 points, in on base percentage by 7, but Roland's got Larkin in slugging percentage by 46 points. Times on base is very close, especially when you go per game. Uh, Larkin's at about 3,300, Roland's at 31. Roland has 118 more home runs. And now here's where it gets really interesting is wins above replacement. We're, regardless of whether you're talking baseball references war or Fangraph's war, they are almost identical. Now, remember that Larkin had almost a season more to accumulate the um, uh, his wins above replacement. So when you look at war per 162 games, Roland uh, is favored there. OPS plus favors Roland by 6%. WOBA, weighted on base percentage, uh, which is used excuse me, weighted on base average, which is used by Fangrass, favors Roland by eight points. Weighted runs created plus, also a Fangrass statistic, favors Roland by four points, and then defensive run saved. This is where you really separate the guys. Larkin's got 17.7, Roland with nearly 10 times that at 175.4. Why is Larkin in the Hall of Fame and Roland isn't? Well, Larkin played that position that's paid a premium, shortstop. If Scott Rowland played shortstop, which I firmly believe he could have. I, I mean, he was built like Cal Ripken Jr. Ripken showed he could play shortstop, even though he moved over to third base eventually. Um, he would probably already be in the Hall of Fame because when you look at his numbers again, they are better than that of uh, Barry Larkin. But e- even if we say, all right, fine, whatever, we'll, we'll throw that away. Let's only compare him to um, third baseman because that's the way the Hall of Fame's done. You look at third baseman with at least 70 wins above replacement. Uh, From top to bottom, you've got Adrian Beltre, not yet eligible. Chipper Jones, Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland, on the ballot. Wade Boggs, Hall of Famer. George Brett, Hall of Famer. Mike Schmidt, Hall of Famer. Brooks Robinson, Hall of Famer. Ron Santo, Hall of Famer. And Eddie Matthews, Hall of Famer. So the only two who are not in the Hall of Fame is Adrian Beltre, who is not eligible, who will get inducted on his first ballot. And then Scott Rowland. One other thing that I think is really interesting, when you think about the position of third base versus the position of shortstop, and I should have brought this up when I covered um, uh, Barry Larkin, but I'm, I'm going at it as, as I go up my, um, my Rowland tweets, is when you look at the throw from third base to first base, you kind of think of it, I think it's taken for granted, the fact that when you look at it compared to a football field, that's over a 40-yard throw that you've got to throw a perfect pass every single time. And you have less time uh, than you would at playing shortstop or second base, of course. Um, and then just the one case that really bothers me is the uh, one where Omar Vizquel belongs in the Hall of Fame, but Scott Rowland doesn't. Okay, let's, let's go by this by the numbers again. This is, again, shortstop to third baseman. This is how much of a premium that is paid to shortstops over third baseman. Even if we say Omar Vizquel is the greatest shortstop, fielding shortstop of all time, which it's widely accepted he is not, and we say Scott Rowland is merely a, let's say, top 10 defensive third baseman of all time, which, again, it's widely accepted, and by the numbers, he is not. You look at wins above replacement. 
Roland to Viscal, 70.2 to 45.6. OPS plus, Roland, 22% above league average. Viscal, 18% below league average. Batting runs. These are runs from batting contributing to wins or wins above replacement. Roland, 233.7. Viscal, negative 244.3. Defensive runs saved. Roland, 175.4. Viscale, 128.6. And lastly, base running runs. Every component of this game from fielding to batting to running. Base running runs. Roland, 12.5. Viscale, negative 0.7. It is absolutely a no contest as to who's the better player between Omar Viscale and Scott Roland. Why does Omar get the support that he does? Well, because he played shortstop. Scott Rowland is a third baseman. And again, BBWAA, for whatever reason, does not pay any premium to the position of third base, even though it's one of the most difficult positions on the entire uh, diamond. And then the last thing that I'm going to throw in, just because we brought it up the last time around with Helton and um, with uh, Tony Gwynn all the time, I just like seeing what these guys did who played the Braves in uh, in the trio's prime. Um, rolling against the Hall of Fame trio of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, he faced them a total of 200 times. He batted 317, 410, 527. Scott Rowland, Hall of Famer. That's an impressive case you make. I don't understand why they don't like third baseman. It doesn't make any sense to me. How do you only induct seven over the course of, uh, what, eight, 81 years now? Well, I mean, did they used to just put the fat kid over there or something? I don't, I don't get it. It's not right field, man. So, I mean, are there? What's the what's the lineage? I don't even know if that's the right word. But how many third basemen should be in there that aren't right now, just because they play uh, third base? I don't, I don't know, but I do know there's a number of other third basemen who are in, but they got in by way of the veterans committee or the old timers committee, whatever the uh, name of the year is. But let me ask you something. Do you think, and I asked this on Twitter, and I'll give you the results uh, in a poll. Any controversy aside, do you think the top 10 players at each position should be in the Hall of Fame? Like the top 10 ever? Yes. At each position? Probably. I mean, even catcher. There's got to be 10 catchers in there already then. So, yeah. Do you think that Scott Rowland is a top 10 third baseman of all time? I don't know. Okay. So, let me give you a point of reference here. Third baseman with at least 5,000 plate appearances. Scott Rowland ranks eighth in wins above replacement, which is an all-encompassing stat from base running to fielding to um, batting, and fifth in war per 162 games. The people who voted on this, I only had 1,049 votes, said, yes, uh, top 10 belongs in the Hall of Fame. And yes, Scott Rowland is in the top 10 for third baseman. That's 57.6% believe that. All right. They said, no, top 10 does not necessarily belong in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes, Rowland does, 16.4%. So just there, the um, voters on my poll anyway, get Rowland to 74%. And All then- right. Hold on, uh, hold on. Go ahead. I, I hear what you're saying. It's time to start throwing guys back at you, okay? I got a list of third basemen that are in the Hall of Fame. Right here. Okay. He's not better than Mike Schmidt. No. He's not better than Wade Boggs. No. Or Eddie Matthews. Nope. Or George Brett. Nope. Or Adrian Beltre. No. Chipper Jones. Nope. Brooks Robinson. I think he's better than Brooks Robinson. Ron Santo. 
I think he coin toss there. I have a tough time picking between the two. Home run Baker? Uh, no. Edgar Martinez? Or excuse me, yes, he's better than uh, home run Baker. Excuse me. Edgar Martinez? Edgar Martinez is in as a designated hitter, so the point is moot there. He's a third baseman. He was a third baseman th- for 30% uh, of Motter. his career games. Paul Motter is also in as a designated hitter. I think that's it. So he's got to be top 10 then, right? I mean, could oh, could Noel and Arenado and Manny Machado get up there? I guess so. I don't know. Sure, but, but you uh, gotta you gotta compare to what we have. We can't. Yeah, well, that's we pretty can't, good, man. Because otherwise, otherwise you you you'd go back and be like, um, well, there's no way Andrew Jones could be in yeah. the Hall of Fame because one day Mike or Mike Trout's going to be in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Right? What what the hell is that? Mean? Kenny Boyer. What about Ken Boyer? Rolling better. Better than Ken Boyer. Yeah. I say Boyer Roland's probably my probably my. Seventh or eighth best third baseman in history. Wow. You know, I got to tell you, he's definitely top ten. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So how about that? Yeah, I think you make some great points. You make some great points. My counterpoint would be he played for the Phillies, so who gives a shit? Just keep him out. <laughs> good, good as any, I guess, Was right? Is that a good one? There's not too many reasons to come up and say that he doesn't deserve it. Real quick before we get back to this, I want to um, – let everybody know businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Right now, Indeed's new way has a new way of matching you with candidates instantly. It delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid till December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. So Scott Rowland is in. How long is it going to take them? How many? How many of these are you going to have to like say, "Hey, people, let's go"? It's his fourth year already. Um, so he had a lot of progress last year, and hopefully we can get him on the show. He's not big on doing um, media stuff uh, or any of that shit. He was never big on it. That's why he got a bad rep in. Um, oh, I know. In Philadelphia, but um, I got an interesting text the other night. Uh, and it was from Larry Walker, who you know I advocated for as a Hall of Famer, and um, he was just like, "Hey, man, I really appreciated everything you did for." Um, I, can't, I can't. I'm trying to pull it up at the same time. I can't do two things at once. But he was basically just like, "Hey, I really appreciate everything you did to try to make your case for me. I don't think I would have gotten in without guys like you uh, advocating for me." I was wondering if um, you think Scott Rowland belongs in the Hall of Fame, and if uh, if so. Would um, would you consider talking to him? Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I, th- I think that you could help him out. And I was like, dude, I've been advocating for Scott Rowland as a Hall of Famer since before he retired. Uh, like, of, of course. And um, I talked to Rowland for like an hour. He was the man. Uh, everything that I was fed, force-fed as a kid about how he was such a terrible dude just went out the window. He doesn't give a shit about getting the Hall of Fame. It's not the, at least the way that I received it. It was... Um, he thinks it would be cool for his kids. He's got a son who's, I think he said he was like at nine years old or something. And he was talking about, he told me a really interesting story about 2018 when um, 
his son was only, I guess, six or seven, and he was taking him to basketball practice. And he said, um, uh, he said, hey, Dad, you know, I, I think you're going to get in. I think you're going to make it. And he was like, hey, when we left the house, did you see all the cars and cameras and everything? And he was like, no. And then he goes, well, uh, well I don't think I'm going to make it then, bud. And he goes, well, what, what percent are, are you aiming for? And Scott told him, uh, he said, five, because that means I got to stick around. And uh, when he got 10, he said his son was like so excited for him and everything. And I think he just wants to get in for his kids. He's also got a daughter who's a stud athlete he was telling me about. But uh, in 2018, he got 10.2. 2019, almost double, 17.2. And then 2020, he did indeed double that at 35.3. So I think he's going to end up with near 45, 50% this time around. I think that BBWAA is, for all the crap that I give them, they have a lot of really, really smart dudes who are in there. And um, I, I think that they're getting smarter as they go along. I don't think we're going to see guys like Larry Walker, like Tim Raines, like Edgar Martinez, who have to hang around until the 10th ballot uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. And I think Scott Rowland's one of those who, in the past, might hang around until the 10th ballot, maybe not even get in then and have to wait until a Veterans Committee. I think he's going to get in around the sixth, uh, fifth or sixth ballot and um, be enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Wow. it's a good story. I like that. You know, there's always narratives about guys... If they're not nice to the media, then they're not good people, you know? Well, it's not even that. The thing is, and I heard this from uh, another one of his teammates, um, two of them actually, and they were like, look, he was never not nice to the media. He just didn't do the PR thing. He just kind of went about his way. He was a quiet dude, and he he was kind of a uh, recluse when it came to that stuff. He just didn't want to be a part of it. And it's, it's never that he was like a dick or anything, but you know the way Philly is. They hate everybody who doesn't give them what they want, and he didn't give them what they wanted, so fuck him, I guess, right? I got rid of him a little too early because he went on and had a pretty damn good career with the Cardinals. Yeah, you know, that, that, that kills me. He's a rookie of the year, too. I mean, I forgot about that. He was freaking rookie of the year. And, and he was right there. He, he was right there for the MVP award in 2004 when uh, I think Pulhouse won it that year. And he won the World Series in 06. You know, the interesting thing, he was never like a top... Bonds, excuse me. He was never a top 10 MVP candidate in a yeah, year. 2004. He was number besides, four. Yeah, besides... Oh, there you go. One year. 2005. 2004. He was a... What, who cares about all-star games? But he was a seven-time all-star. But he was never like a top 10 guy for MVP. You, you know, it's... He wasn't, but... If we had some of the numbers that we do now at that time, he probably would have. Because if you look at wins above replacement, which writers now love for whatever reason, in 1998, he had 6.7, which was eighth among position players. 2002, 6.4, seventh among position players. 2004, 9.2, third among position players. And then 2006, he was sixth among position players with 5.9. So that's four seasons that he could have or would be in the top 10 if you make it, um, if you, if, I guess, translate that time till now. Uh, he won the Silver Slugger in 2002. He should have won it again in 2004. So that would have been two of those. It's, I mean, it's, I hate when we talk about these awards because it, it, they're so time-based and they're oftentimes not even awards for what they represent. The Gold Glove, for example, um, Derek Jeter won five of them, should have won zero. Cal Ripken Jr. only won two, I believe. 
Um, Rafael Palmero won a gold glove at first, first base one year that he played 26 games at first. I mean, it's a nonsensical award. Scott Rowland should have a, a dozen gold gloves. A dozen gold gloves, he says. Okay, I like it. You made the case. You sold me. I'm voting for him. I mean, I don't have a vote, but I would. Anyways. I don't either. You know why? Because BBWA won't let me in. I know. Every time you say that, I keep thinking you're BBW, and I get all excited. (laughs) (laughs) So... How do, it's, give me some of the names of the guys that you have set in the ballots in. and Do you have any trends, like anybody in particular, that everybody seems to be voting for? What are they doing with Schilling? What are they doing with Bonds and Clemens? What's going Bonds on? and Clemens are in, as far as these guys are like concerned. Everybody. They're, they're, well, not everybody. They're trending about 85%. Oh. Um, Todd Helton is another one. These guys don't give a shit that he played in Colorado. Uh, he was a Hall of Famer on the field, and that's all that they care about. He... Uh, is somebody that most are voting for. Um, Schilling's polling a little bit low. Um, I think he's around 60%. I haven't ran these numbers yet. Why do you but, think that is? Uh, he wasn't that popular, uh, especially. So the thing with Schilling is um, you talk to some of his teammates, and his teammates don't really have a bad word to say about him. They're, the worst thing I've heard any of his teammates say about him, and these are guys that he played with, right? The worst thing I've heard any of them say about him was like, he was an asshole, but he was my asshole, basically, right? Um, the teammates seemed to like him well enough. Dudes who played against him and only against him hated him. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he didn't, you know, he was just as outspoken then. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the way he competed, but just guys that played against him did not like him. Fascinating. It really is. It's very interesting. So. Schilling, not looking good from the players. That, isn't that crazy that the writers are more, <laughs> are more in favor of Kurt Schilling than the players are? Well, um, <laughs> we're only looking at a sample of 34. I now, know. With the, with the players last year and the year before, Schilling would have gotten in. Okay. So who else besides for those three? Uh, Jeff Kent's oh, a pretty oh, popular oh. choice. Um, Billy Wagner, very popular choice. Gary Sheffield, another very popular one. Omar Vizquel actually gets a lot of play from the players. Andy Pettit a lot more than I uh, expected. Um, A lot are not voting for Manny Ramirez for the the very reason that he failed, I guess, two tests. Whereas Barry Bonds failed zero. Roger Clemens failed zero. Sammy Sosa failed zero. Gary Sheffield failed zero. Um, But it's just... It's just a very interesting uh, experiment. The, I'll tell you the most interesting of anything, and I really wish this guy didn't give me his ballot anonymously, um, is ballot number 13. An anonymous Hall of Fame voter. You ready for his ballot? Please do. He took the zero card? He just decided to send a ballot back? He just wrote... I wouldn't vote for anybody on the current list of eligibility. Oh, you got to be kidding me! So this has got to this can't this got to be an old guy. Um, I mean, yeah, a little bit older. But I will tell you, I did have one. Uh, well, I'm hoping to have a couple more because um, I'll get. I'm sure I'll get Larry Walker. Uh, Edgar Martinez said he's working on his, but um, I got Carlton Fisk's ballot, and his is always interesting. He's done it. Oh, yeah. He's the only Hall of Famer that I've had do it all three years. And um, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I disagreed with a lot of it, but it, it was a very interesting ballot. Um, he voted for seven. 
which is pretty heavy for a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. Can I take a guess? Go ahead. Let me go. Let me guess at the guys that are on there. Seven. You first tell me is Bonds on there because I don't think he is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want you to just guess. Guess seven names on the ballot, and I will see how many you get. Okay. Um, I will say. Let's go. I'm going to say that he would vote for your boy, your boy Roland, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton. Jeff Kent, Sammy Sosa. Okay, you got one. <laughs> Who? Number one, Mark Burley. <laughs> what? Number two, Tory Hunter. Number three, Andy Pettit. Number four, you ready for this one? This one really threw me because he didn't vote for Scott Rowland. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. You're going to blow my mind with this one. I need to get ready. Aramis Ramirez? Yes. No! Oh, no! <laughs> this is a terrific ballot. <laughs> Number five, Kurt Schilling. Okay. Number six, Omar Vizquel. Uh-huh. And then you got the only one, the last one. Billy Wagner. Now, this was the interesting thing, though. I only got one a one-liner comment from him, but it, I, I found it fascinating. Ready? Easy yes on both Omar Vizquel and Billy Wagner. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is spectacular. Wow. Good for Carlton Fisk. Uh, you know what? Let's. We, I guess we can keep on going through these uh, in the future, but I want to give you one more of them that I, I was really stoked to get because um, this guy was really underrated in his time, and uh, he's somebody who will eventually be on the ballot, I guess, but um, uh, Matt Holliday. Yeah. And he also picked seven. So go ahead and see if you can pull seven oh, names no, that he would have chosen. we got seven more that he's going to do? Okay. Matt Holliday. Yeah, Matt Holliday. Okay, he's definitely going... Oh, boy. I don't know if he's going. He's going Roland, Wagner, Helton. Uh, Torrey Hunter. Bonds and Clemens. You you got one more. Schilling. Okay. You did really well on that one. So, yes, he voted for Todd Helton. Yes, he voted for Torrey Hunter. No, he did not vote for Bonds or Clemens. Those were the two you failed right in the middle. He got Andrew Jones and Jeff uh, Jeff Jeff Kent. That's not bad. And then five, six, and seven you nailed. Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, and Billy Wagner. Some of those guys just like Jeff Kent, at least his numbers. He's such an asshole. Yeah. He really is. He just embraces it. Everybody says that. The other thing that I... Listen, listen. I had him on my show one time when he was doing Survivor. And... He's just being the biggest asshole in the world. So I just stopped the interview. I'm in the middle of it. I'm like, are you just going to do this the whole time? <laughs> just what was he doing? Of, huh? What was he doing? He's just being a dick. He's a dick. He's like, well, thanks for all you guys do for the sports. You guys are great for that. And it was just like, all right, oh, thanks come for on, that's a funny, dick, asshole. It was funny, but he kept taking like little dicks. I was finally go, go, go fuck yourself. You know, I didn't tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> I said it nicer than that. Hey, like, go fuck yourself, Tommy. Yeah, I was like, right, yeah, go fuck yourself, Spider. <laughs> yeah. um, but God, he has the numbers. God, spider, look at that numbers. thing on your foot. It's as big as your head. 
He fucking raked. <laughs> this guy was so good from like 97 to maybe what, 05? He was a bad dude. What, one thing that I heard from a couple players that I thought was pretty interesting about Jeff Kent is they wanted to move him to third base or first base, and he refused because he knew his only way to get in the Hall of Fame was to be that offensive powerhouse at second base. Yeah, well, so how's that working for him? The other thing he could have been was less of a dick. And have that uh, less of a pencil porn star stash. You know what? Seriously, if he wasn't such a piece of shit, he would be in the Hall of Fame. Like, it wouldn't even be close. Do you buy that, though? He wanted to stay at second so he could get to the Hall of Fame? I've heard it from enough guys that I buy it, yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Jeff Kent, fascinating case. Uh, let me tell everybody real quick about Bet Online because we talk ba- uh, baseball here, but football's back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year. You can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They're going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. Game spreads, totals, team, player, coaching props, they got it all. More options at Bet Online than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses. Start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to betonline.com today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, uh, as we get past that, I would like to tell you, uh, I'd like to tell you a quick story and what I should do here. I'll I'll tell you what I'm going to do, but whatever. Uh, So the Mets finally sold their their team. The Wilfons no longer own it. They sent it to a guy named Steve Cohen. And uh, hopefully he runs it better than the Will Ponds, who got lucky a couple of times, you know, had some playoff appearances, uh, but ultimately, and a World Series appearance, but ultimately they were shitty owners. I mean, they didn't spend wisely, they didn't spend enough, they made stupid decisions, they were too involved in the organization, and it's good that they're gone. But in 2007, as you know very well, Mr. Spader, the Mets had an epic collapse, and the Phillies got into uh, or won the division, right? And the Mets that year, that was one of the greatest collapses in the history of the game. They just couldn't win a game in like the last three weeks. And then in 2008, I'm saying to myself, I'm watching this slow burn. It's just melting away again. I said to myself, you know what? I'm so sick of this organization. I'm not rooting for them again until the Wilpons sell. Just, I'm so sick of them. Always, always. Just just poorly run organization. But now they sold, Spader. It's 12 years later, Spader. Yeah. Go back to being a Mets fan. I, I think you got to do it. I think you're going to uh, regret it if not. I think you're... Um, I mean, you're so focused on football stuff now. So yeah. I think you can... Um, uh, reapproach baseball with some fandom, and if you don't do it now, then you're going to do it and seem like a bandwagon guy when they start spending that stupid money. Yeah, um, I, I think you've got to do it. You got to go all in. I think yeah. they're going to. The Mets are going to try to make a big splash. They're going to go after Bauer and Real Muto, yeah. and um, uh, they just get freed up. I think 21 million dollars for the um, uh, Cano. Cano. How about that? I mean, that sucks. Uh, the, the dude, He's never getting into the hall now. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, Him and Manny cons- Ramirez are like in the same boat now. He can't get busted. I, see, you can't, to me, say them they're in the same boat because Manny just 
the dude just loves baseball so much. He was going to do anything to try to stay in it. Yeah. And it was at the end of his career. Well, what about Cano? Uh, this is the end of his career. He's not well, now it is. But he, he he, when, he, when he originally tested positive, he was only like 31 years old or something. Yeah, it wasn't as good. Uh, but but uh, I think Manny's still playing somewhere. Yeah, he's probably like Australia, maybe, I want to say. But we should get one of those Aussie fucks on. I, it's Blubber played out something. there. Jeff Blum played out there. He said it was like the most amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. because nothing but five foot eight blonde women. Yeah, you know, they are really tall there, aren't they? They're, the women in Colorado are really tall. Like, really tall. Well, it's probably because they're glow, growing up in the, uh, the uh, high atmosphere high or whatever. Yeah, they're growing so. up in the stratosphere. Just <laughs> sprouts them up. There's a lot of tall women out here. Yeah. All right, so anyways, back to the Mets thing. Yeah, I'm contemplating it. I'm contemplating it going back. Uh, I was a Nationals fan more because I was covering the team and I knew everybody and um, and that stuff. But, you know, I haven't been around that team in a couple of years at least. Yeah, I guess you didn't get a ring last year, huh? I did not get a ring last year, no. That's a shame. Uh, they should have yeah. sent you one. All, all the yeah. years of service you gave that team? Yeah, whatever. And, um, yeah, so screw it. You know, I'm not, I'm not with the Nationals anymore. I grew up a big Mets fan. I don't have prof- I have no professional teams that I root for. I only root for players mostly. Uh, maybe I can get back into the Mets thing. Keep my kid from, keep my son from being a Rockies fan. But being a Mets fan's not much better. I don't know. I, I like the Rockies. Yeah, I mean, it's a I'm gonna be part. make him a Rockies fan because I'm gonna be GM for that team one day. When? I don't know, man. Hurry up. Yeah, I wish. Uh, never mind. If I didn't okay. lose $150,000 in the last month in the stock market. They did or you did? I did. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, all my profit. Oh, just about all my profit on the year. Down the oh shirt. no! Seriously, got wiped out already. Well, just almost everything that I made uh, from the pandemic yeah. bounce back, I, yeah. I, I shit out. I was trying uh, to turn, I was trying to turn it into a million bucks, and I didn't. Should I, <laughs> should I sell all my stocks? I don't regret it. Should I sell all my stocks? No, I keep. I, I don't sell stocks. I only sell options. So I, I keep all my stocks. Just keep everything I got. Yeah, I don't need. I don't I, have options. If I don't need that money, man, that's the way I look at it. It's, yeah. But if you know it's going to go down because we're in a world of shit, why no. not sell and get back in later? I, because, I'll just buy more. You know, that's the way I look. I'll, I'll just, just lower my, my average price. I'd rather, I'd rather take that risk than sell it and then all of a sudden shit's doubling. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's the way, the way I see it. You know, some people um, have a, a nose candy problem. I like to buy stocks and just hold on to them. Are you equating stock, holding on to stocks, to using cocaine? Well, to me, it's like a drug. I love this shit, you know? Well, if, I guess my, my drug is... cocaine? Uh, I didn't know you did that. What's that? I didn't know you did cocaine. No, no no cocaine for me. No, I've actually never even smoked pot. You never even smoked weed? No, man. What are you waiting for? I wanted to join the military, remember? Yeah, I know. They now frown upon you, that. Do you have a clearance still? Uh... Yeah. All right, so you can't even smoke weed. That's whatever. You'll be fine without it. You like beer. You're good I like I like a nice cold Miller Lite. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, and then another one. And, and another, another one. one. And another just, one. All right, so we're getting out of here. You're just going to be completely tanked for Thanksgiving, aren't you? <laughs>
Yeah, yeah I, you know, maybe you should bring the mic home and we'll do a, a Friday night one when I'm Blitzkrieg hammered. That actually might I'll be I'll let really you talk funny. to my brother or something. I'm not even kidding. Can we do that? <laughs> do a hammer show. Yeah. Have my brother on. Because I'll be wasted too. Man, I get well, my kids back on Saturday. I don't even have them on uh, Friday night, Thursday or Friday. My my um my brother's favorite thing used to be when I would come home from the uh, military, uh, we would get hammered together. Me and him, he's only two years younger than me, and then he would just like be like, "Yo, what did Ricky Henderson bat in you know whatever year, or whatever?" And he would give me three points either way. He, so it, like say it was a two seventy nine, four hundred, five hundred, and I was like uh, two eighty one, three ninety nine, four ninety eight, and he'd be like. Oh, it's within three. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. All right, buddy. Great work. Always good doing a show with you. Get some more of these shows out, the off-season stuff. Uh, And then if if you do bring the mic, let's do a show, and we'll all be wasted, and we'll talk about the awards that we missed. All right. Yeah, I'll bring it home. All right, pal. Take care of yourself. Uh, For Ryan Spader. I'm Holden at Holden Radio. He's at the Ace of Spader. Thanks for listening to Blue Wire's presentation of The Walk-Off.